0: Uh, Last week I had an opportunity to go to Tejas, that is short or slang for Texas, Um, and it was, it may have also just been Spanish too, and so like, I'm not, forgive me, I'm just digging a ditch right now. Long story short, uh, Texas was awesome. Uh, I got to, it was, yeah, yeah, thank you. I got to preach at a church down there. Uh, I sit on their board and just had had a good time. I was exhausted, Uh, But it was a lot of fun. And uh, that Sunday evening, uh, Micah came with me, and he saw one of the most glorious things that he has ever seen, and that is Michael Moore devour five pounds of boiled crawfish. And it was, if you've never seen it, it is the most beautiful, ungodly, demonic thing that you've ever seen. And it's nasty, and it's messy, and my stomach was so satisfied um with it and so just a little anyone that's ever seen me eat crawfish th- first off do any of you guys even like crawfish like three of us okay all right and I for, all right maybe a little a few more a few more some of you are like what's a crayfish you know um it's it's the lobster of uh the mud it, it's delicious but uh, so what's that party at Gabe's house all right <laughs> Crawfish boil style. Hey guys, last week, uh, Tony kicked off a series called The Songs of Ascent. And so let's just give it up for Tony um, as he talked about that. And if you you don't know what The Songs of Ascent are, it's 15 chapters uh, towards really the end of the book of Psalms, uh, starting in chapters 120 and going through chapters 134. And, And essentially what was taking place is uh, three to five times a year, uh, the Israelites or the Hebrew people, they would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship at the temple or on top of Mount Moriah. And as they were walking in this journey, they would sing these songs. And these songs are songs of repentance, songs of deliverance, songs of healing, songs of hope, songs of worship. And, and they would do this to prepare their heart for when they got to the temple uh, and into the house of the Lord. And so this entire summer, we are walking through all of the different songs of ascent and uh, really just pulling what can we take from this and how does this apply to our life uh, here in 2023 in Albany, New York. And so last week, uh, Tony kicked it off. Um, and the title of his message was, The Journey Starts With Repentance. And I think about our journey to Jesus, our journey for faith, it does start with the place of repentance. And, and uh, Tony, again, you just did an incredible job last week, and if you haven't checked it out, go check it out on YouTube or the podcast. Um, and then this week, uh, we're going to dive into Psalms 121. But before we, we do that, I want to propose a question for all of us in this room, and it's a very simple question, but it's also a very complicated question. And it's simply this, who is God? Who is God? And if you're taking notes, that is the title of today's talk. Who is God? Now, what I want to make sure is we're not asking who what I want to make sure is we're not asking who is God to you, but we're asking who is God. Who is God to you oftentimes may not line up with the God of the Holy Scripture. And, and honestly, we ask that a lot of times in our culture is who is God and people will give their perception or their life experiences or their interpretation or version or understanding of truth. And ultimately, they won't encompass all of the character and the nature of who God is. And with this psalm that is really what the psalmist ends up answering for us today is is kind of giving us four characteristics of who is God. Who is God? And so um, if you guys would, let's just turn to Psalms 121, and it's not a very long psalm today, and so we may actually get out on time. Um, And so it starts out with this. The writer says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. The first thing that we see about the character and the nature of God is God is our help. God is our help. Now, the the first time I read this, I was reading it and I was saying, like, oh, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? And I was thinking that, okay, this is the Hebrew people. They get into Jerusalem and they're climbing up to the, the temple steps and they're, they're going to gaze upon uh, the, the temple which sits at the top of Mount Moriah. Uh, but then as I started digging into it and reading different commentaries and, and kind of picking apart, I realized that this was completely opposite. It was talking about the hills of our life. The mountaintops and and the valleys. And and if you look at what a lot of the Hebrew people, the journey that they had to travel to get to Jerusalem, if you've ever been to Israel, uh, it is filled with lots of mountains and hills and deserts and valleys and canyons. Like that place that we we, uh, read about in Psalms 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That isn't a metaphorical thing. That is a real place where it is literally just this valley in the middle of this canyon with these massive mountains and rocks and, and, and stuff that's all around. And, and so whenever the writer is saying, right here, I lift up my eyes to the hills, he's acknowledging I'm lifting up the eyes, my eyes, to the things that I'm about to have to face. For us, it, we look at, lift up our eyes to the circumstances that are around us. We lift up our eyes to the problems that maybe we're facing in our family. We lift up our eyes to the, the, the issues we're having in our business. We look lift up our eyes to the fact that maybe my kids don't want to talk to me. And, and we look at that with confidence knowing that God is our help. Now, with the, one of the commentaries pointed out three particular uh, aspects about the terrain in Israel. But and this is what they said is, like, the, the terrain would have been challenging. Like, I, I, I'm not a mountain climber, all right? I've done it, like, a few times. I'll go down to the Catskills, and I'll climb up, you know, 1,000 feet, and I'm like, <gasps> <gasps> I'm out of breath. Can I get an amen from anyone? Like, Yeah. Like, just, you know, put me in a gondola and just bring me to the top to enjoy the view. Like that, and, you know, give me a Frappuccino in my hand while I'm doing it. That is, that is how I want to enjoy the beauty of God's creation, okay? Some of y'all are like, we're going to go rugging it. We're going to climb and hike, and we got our sticks, and we got our backpack and our canteeners. And I don't even know if canteeners is a word, right? Like, <laughs> you guys are tracking with me. But these people, they didn't, they didn't have any of the luxuries that we have today, right they they just i mean they loaded up on a camel and they're like all right we got to go over the hills over there and those hills are like no no 3000 feet tall and so let's just start start climbing come on camel you know camels just walking spitting and Yeah, st- I, I don't know this is i'm thinking of Aladdin right now right but like the terrain was not easy and if you've ever been to israel you know that it is absolutely gorgeous but the terrain is very very dangerous on top of that, whenever people would have this pilgrimage, they were also uh, having a concern of safety in their life. They were, they were having to be on the lookout of robbers and thieves and people that would come in and, and try to steal from you or, or cut, cut you off and, and take some of your belongings. And so there is a, a facet of I need to make sure that we're safe as we pilgrims uh, to the house of the Lord. And then the third thing Is the scarcity of food? Did I pack enough food? Did I pack enough water? And it makes me think for people that would travel from the northern Galilean region all the way down to Jerusalem, which was a several day hike at best, did they ever have people that fell ill to sickness? Did they ever have people that experienced like we're just walking and they stubbed their toe or they sprained their ankle or maybe even break their foot on a journey? to encounter the presence of God. I said this a few weeks ago, but my mom's favorite saying is, uh, and it comes from a a bumper sticker, and she's probably watching right now uh, in Clinton, Michigan. And so, Mom, good morning. I love you. Um, Happy Sunday to you. But my mom's favorite saying is, Crap happens, except for the bumper sticker is replaced crap with another word that I can't say in church because I don't want to lose my job, okay? You guys tracking with me? y'all teenagers like mom what's he talking about like pastor mike i don't know you know it's like but like crap happens and and i think about how true that is in our life we have our plans we have our journey our destination and minds and we go about our journey and crap just happens life happens we, we get that phone call that we're not expecting we get that email of, of you know we're, there's about to be layoffs in the company or uh, we have that that person who we thought we were really close relationship with and we're growing and then and then there's an infraction in that and it ends up breaking us or or we end up getting our mortgage and realize that our taxes went up uh, you know $500 a month. yeah, that's me okay I am definitely pointing at myself right now. It's like okay, God, what is going on? These are the hills that we are going to face in our life. And for anyone who has been around for more than 25 years, you understand that there are things that are, that are in your control and things that happen to you that are out of your control. And the only thing really that you can control is your posture and your attitude towards God through the circumstances, right? And, and if you're sitting here saying, well, Michael, my life has been great, just give it a few years because you haven't lived long enough all right? And, and any I'm telling you, like, like hardship and pain and loss and people dying and experiences, like we've all are or have walked through some aspect of that that is completely out of our control. And our journey is to Jesus in eternity. And as we walk in our journey, we will face challenges. Look, if your life has been going great for the past three years. Get ready, something's going to go wrong. It is. I, I'm. I'm telling you. You know, something's. You're going to get cut off, and you're going to tell them that they're number one. And next thing you know, you get in a car accident. And I'm not prophesying that over anyone. Right. Like. All right. Let me just. Let me just keep going. The beauty about this is that whenever we experience the ups and downs of life, it reminds us that God wants to be intimately involved in our lives he wants to walk with us he wants to be beside us he wants to help us whenever i lift my eyes to the hills where does my help come from where where does your help come from he says my help comes from the lord it comes from the lord who made the heavens and the earth who made the very mountains that I'm about to have to walk on in my journey to Jesus. He continues on in verses 3 and 4. He says, He will not let your foot be moved. He, will, uh, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The second thing that we see about God is that God is attentive He is attentive. I love this right here because it is a reminder that God is always invading us in our problems. I I think oftentimes many of us we ask ourselves, is God speaking? God, I can't hear you. God, I feel like you're not attentive right now. And my question to you is, are you listening? Because God is speaking. And if it isn't something that you're getting in the impression, then maybe you just need to actually open up the Word of God and allow the very words of God that have been penetrating history to speak to your heart and penetrate your heart. God is attentive, and He sees your issues. He sees your problems. He sees the hills that you're going to have to walk through, that you're going to have to face, the challenges that you're going to end up experiencing in your life. And and not not only does He see it, man, but He doesn't sleep. He doesn't sleep, like, I I, I don't know about you guys, but there are times where, like, I'm passed out on the couch, right, and my kids are like, dad, dad, especially Allie, daddy, you know, she, she, and hers, she's really sweet, she's going through this daddy phase right now, and I kind of love it, but it's also like, it's like, I'm like, all right, honey, I, don't jump on me, okay? Like trying to sleep. I need my beauty sleep. Got to look at my image, you know. Um, and and but how we will fall asleep? We will get exhausted. We will get tired. We will slumber. God does not do that. God does not do that. If anything, when the storms of life come, God is more present in our circumstances, in our storms, in our challenges that we face. I grew up in Southeast Texas, born in Mississippi, South Mississippi, grew up in Southeast Texas. And so we were very accustomed to uh, hurricanes. And, I, and listen, I know we had Hurricane Sandy and it did a lot of damage in Long Island and hurricane, some other hurricane, like hurricanes in the Northeast are not the same as they are in Texas. All right. I mean, we get a lot of rain and flooding. They get massive winds and tornadoes and uh, flooding. And uh, you just kind of dump it all in one place. And it's it's really, really rough. And I've, I've literally seen houses destroyed. I've seen, um, pa- uh, uh, like, museums or or famous places just completely wiped off the, the map. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is my family was in uh, Mississippi whenever Hurricane Katrina hit on the Gulf Coast. And so after Hurricane Katrina hit, uh, me and a few buddies from southeast Texas, we loaded up and we, we went to Gulfport into Biloxi, Mississippi. And we saw all the damage that ended up happening. And the complete downtown area was just wiped off. I mean, it was just completely just whoosh. But on the Gulf Coast, they had these massive, massive oak trees. And these oak trees, I mean, hundreds of years old, absolutely gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. Because of the force of the hurricane, these oak trees ended up uh, cracking and breaking, and many of them were literally uprooted and thrown on their side. Now, if you don't know this, an oak tree does not grow roots that go deep. An oak tree grows roots that go out. That's why if you have an oak tree at your house and your foundation starts cracking, it's probably because the roots of the oak tree are now going under your house and cracking your foundation. And the interesting thing about the oak tree is that when a storm strong enough ends up coming, those roots, because they're not deep, will end up just breaking and the tree will just fall over. Meanwhile, you have pine trees. And so there's tons of oak trees in South Mississippi and there's tons of pine trees because it's a tropical kind of culture. But the interesting thing is the pine tree, their roots go deep into the ground. And and they are literally designed by God that whenever the storms end up coming in their life, whenever the storms end up facing them, that they will bend and that they will bend drastically. And it, it takes immense Pressure and speed to actually get the point, get the pine tree to the point that it will end up snapping. And more often, it won't. And so in Biloxi, in Guffport, Mississippi, right after Hurricane Katrina, I mean, hundreds of these massive oak trees that were just broken and destroyed and turned on their side. But all the pine trees, they lost some leaves. They, they, they lost their, you know, you know um, branches. they were still standing they were still standing and it's because their roots go deep see my question for all of us today is the storms of life will come how deep are your roots in the faith of who God is how how deep are we in the faith and understanding of like God has me and I'm going to stand in the middle of this storm And I'm going to acknowledge that my God is not asleep. My God sees me. And all hell may end up breaking loose. And I may end up experiencing financial hardship. And the kids may end up yelling at me. And I may get cut off in the middle of 787. And that's totally okay because my God is good. And he is standing, literally standing, right where I am right now. God is our help. God is attentive. I I was thinking about this last night. Whenever Judah was born, um, Christy, not to go into too much detail uh, and not to scare anyone who is pregnant right now, because I know we have a lot of pregnant ladies in the house, uh, but but Christy had... Uh, this ridiculous experience while she was in, the, in labor in, in the room and, and they called a code blue on her and her heart rate was, was racing. And, um, and I'm telling you, like whenever they called the code blue and Dr. Basso came in and she said, hey, um, we're doing an emergency C-section. I'm telling you, like 20 doctors and nurses came in there and I'm standing there and they will her out and they hand me scrubs and they go put these on. And I'm just like, God, I don't know what I don't know what just happened. Like I have no, like everything was out of my control and they went in and, and, you know, they did the C-section and they removed Judah and his heart rate was 220, um, Christie's out of it. And it was just completely like terrifying. And I feel so bad because I walked back in after, you know, Judah was born and, and the family saw me and they're like, hi, is everything okay? And I'm just as white as a ghost and I couldn't talk because I'm like traumatized by everything that I just saw. God bless anyone here who is in the medical field. Like, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But in the middle of all this chaos, I get this text message from Pastor Chad and Melissa Hunt, who are pastors that Christy and I know. And Chad texts me and said, Hey, Michael, I don't know what's going on, but Melissa and I left church today and we just felt impressed to be praying for Judah's birth. He had no idea we were even at the hospital. God is attentive, He sees your needs. He knows what happens. He does not slumber. And he will keep Israel, meaning he will keep the people of God close at hand. Continuing on, verses 5 and 6. He says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by light. I absolutely love that right there. Because it's a reminder to all of us that God is our protector. God is our protector. A few weeks ago, um, we had an opportunity, uh, thanks to Christy's mom, Michelle, who is amazing. Shout out to you. Um, We had an opportunity to go to a Yankees game. All right. And so uh, first time I've ever been at Yankee Stadium. uh, And I'm telling you, Judah was like, whoa, like, you know, it's his eyes got really big. And it was such a cool moment. Uh, and we sat along the third baseline, and, I mean, fantastic seats. It was just absolutely awesome. But very quickly, uh, I realized that the sun was beating down on us, and we were going to get zero shade, all right? And so I'm fair skin. all right? I don't tan, I burn, and then I go white again, all right? And so, like, it's, you know, it's like a few people here can relate to that, like, I'm, you know, we didn't bring sunscreen or anything. And so I'm sitting there, and, and Judah, for whatever reason, he's he just tans and he's just like, looks looks good. Like, you know, it's, so he didn't get the jeans from me. And so uh, we're sitting there, and the sun is just beating down and beating down and beating down and beating down. And then finally, Christy, about the fourth or the fifth inning, was like, Hey, we need to go like cool off. And like, it was so hot where we were, not that the outside temperature was hot. It was only like 75 degrees, but it was so hot being in the, the, the sun that even my phone started saying no SIM card detected because it had overheated. And I was like, oh my gosh. And you know, what if something happens to Allison and we, who's going to call you? Know? So I'm just kind of processing all this. And Christy's like, we need to go cool off. And we got up out of our seats, and we walked up just a few steps into the awning, and it was probably a 20 to 25 degree temperature change, just stepping into the shade. And we got there, and we walked around, and we cooled off, and we got a hot dog for $20 and um, came back, and, you know, I got suckered into buying the Yankee mystery bag, you know, it's, which is actually really cool. Um <laughs> And, and we, got, we got done, and then we go back out into the heat. But then I was reading this, I was reading this, and it says the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. And then it says this, that the sun shall not strike you by day. And, and we all know that we need sun, but too much sun can really hurt us. It can burn us. It could develop cancer. And what God is saying right here is that I am going to be your protector when you get weak. I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to provide shade for you so that you can be protected from the rays of this world, from the challenges of this world, from the adversity in this world. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to protect you, my son and my daughter. Like, and just like on a hot day where you're, you're quenched for thirst and you get into the shade and you down a Poland Springs water and you're just like, oh, this is amazing. God wants to be our thirst whenever we are walking through the heat of life and the fire and the storms that we experience. He wants to be our protector that protects us from the challenges. I love what the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 40 see the prophet Isaiah he's he's having this this essentially this vision and this conversation with people and, and saying like hey i need to tell you about the god that you serve i need to tell you about how awesome he is i need like do you not know how good god is and maybe some of you you walked into this place today and you've been going through hell all week and you're sitting there saying michael i just don't feel like god's good right now Let me read to you the words of the prophet Isaiah inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says this, Have you not known? City Church, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And and so some of you, you may feel like God hasn't been attentive to you. You may feel like God isn't noticing you. You may feel like God is just exhausted from creating galaxies and stars. and, And maybe he doesn't want to deal with my problems. But I'm here to tell you that God wants to deal with your problems. God wants to deal with your heart. God wants to deal with your circumstances. God wants to be intimately involved in what you're going through. He continues on. He says this. He gives power to the faint. Are you tired today? Did you come in here beat up because of your sin? Did you come in here jacked up because of the week that you've had? Because the kids have been running you dragging? Because your your boss keeps calling you and harassing you? Are you faint and exhausted today? God says, I will give you power. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Like, come on, somebody. That is good news right there. I want to increase your strength. You don't don't feel like going, I'm going to increase your strength. And it says this, even the youth shall faint and grow weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Amen to that. Sometimes I get exhausted, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know what that says to me in 2023? That I've got challenges and I'm going to keep going and God's going to give me a little bit more strength to keep going and I feel tired and I just want to throw in the towel with ministry sometimes and God's like, no son, I got you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to give you the strength and the joy to keep going and to run the race and the journey that I've called you to do. Church, this is the good news of our King. This is the good news of the God that we worship and we serve. Are you tired today? Are you weary today? Because I got good news. Have you not known? Have you not heard? He is the everlasting God the maker of the heavens, the maker of you. And he wants to invade your life, invade your problems, invade your situation, and give you strength to keep going. Who is God? Who is God? God is our help. God is our protector. God is attentive. As we close out, God is our providence. He continues on in Psalms 121, he says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you. You're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forever. God is our providence. Providence literally, literally means to protect the protective care of God. And if you break it down in the Hebrew right there, that, that word providence simply just means to keep and to watch over. To keep and to watch over. Story as I, I close, and I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. But as I was moving, this is like 14 years ago, moving from Southeast Texas to albany new york thinking that i was just going to be up here for six months or so and going to move out to denver colorado because i don't know why but i thought denver was cool and i had this 2003 ford f-150 truck all right i'm a ford guy all you chevy people out there god bless you we'll pray for your salvation all right um thank you jerry thank you but i I loved my truck man I love my truck and I was not only did I have my truck but um, I was hauling cats on the inside I don't love cats all right and um, if you love cats I'm pleading the fifth we'll just keep it at that all right and so I'm hauling this U-Haul and I stopped by to go visit my mom who lived at the time in Loosedale Mississippi and so go by and visit mom and you know we have dinner and she prays for us and and like we end up taking off Uh, and and you know, I'm thinking, it's Mississippi, I'm going to be driving on, you know, somewhat uh, popularized roads, and um, it's 10, 11 o'clock at night, and I go by this Walmart, and it's like gas, now at the time, gas was like $1. 19. you know, so I was like, oh my gosh, it's so high, it's above 99 cents, y'all remember those days? Some of y'all are like, I wasn't even born, gas used to be that cheap? Michael, you must be ancient, I guess I am, you know, um, and, and I was like, all right, I'll, uh, I'll fill up at the next town over. And so I'm already on E and I'm one of those guys. And so what I learned very quickly was that there was no next town over. And so I just keep driving and I keep driving and that, that little needle, and it, I don't know if it's like this on the F-150s anymore, but it like hit the E and the gas light would come on. And then you knew that you could like keep going for another 50 to 70 miles before you really ran out of gas. Well, I yeah, so like, I I just kept going until that needle wasn't moving anymore, and it was like, oh, it's it's down. It's like, God, I need I need help. And I I kid you not, like I'm I'm driving up these hills, and I'm like pushing very very little in the gas, like you know, come on, the little engine that could getting up that train that or getting the truck up the 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 hill like the train did, right? And then I'm coasting down, and I'm just gonna let. I'm gonna put it in neutral. Like, I'm, I don't want any gas to be used, right? And so I'm just enjoying it. And I kid you not, I kid you not, about 50 miles, 60 miles while pulling a trailer and me praying in the spirit, like, God, I don't know if you're attentive right now, but I there ain't anyone around. There's cows in tobacco fields. That's it. It's like, there ain't anyone around. And so I need you to provide. And I kid you not, I see this little Exxon light on And I'm like, oh, there it is right there. There's glory right there. And as I was pulling into the Exxon, the truck runs out of gas. And I got there completely dry, empty. And I was able to fill up, and I was able to drive to Nashville, Tennessee, where there was people, and keep going in my journey. I think about that. How many of us in our life, we are on our journey, our journey to where God's called us, our journey to the destination that he's placed in front of us, our journey, and we need to be reminded that God is our help, that God is attentive and he sees our issues. God is our protector and God is our providence. He will keep you. And when you feel like you're just about to be out of gas, there's God. There's God. When you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you can't go anymore, there's God. and He steps in in ways that your heart needs, not that your circumstances demand, but that your heart needs to give you the strength to keep pressing on. Thousands of years, the Jewish people have been singing of years this psalm, a psalm of God's providence, reminding themselves, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And in you, I put my trust. Will you stand this morning? As we transition into a time of reflection, of just worshiping. I just wanna give a few instructions. I'm gonna invite the prayer team forward, if you guys would come up. If you need prayer, and we want to pray with you, and we want to pray for you, and I don't care what it is in your life. You just need someone to agree with you. We want to agree with you. If you need strength this morning, we wanna pray for God to give you the strength. If you need wisdom, we wanna pray for God to give you the wisdom. feel like you've been a season of waiting we want to pray that god would meet you in the waiting we're going to sing this song and as we sing this song if you need prayer you can come forward but also in the back to my left and right your left and right as well there's communion elements if you would like to take communion as an individual or as a family just go to a response table and you can take holy communion if you have a prayer request Um, And maybe you don't want to come up here. You can even go to the response table and fill out that prayer request and just put it in the basket. But let's use this as an opportunity to remind ourselves of who God is. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your majesty. God, I thank you that you are our help. Father, that you are attentive to every need in this room. Father, that you are our protector and provider and you are the providence. You keep us in your will. You keep us in your protection. You keep us. And so, Father, we love you. And today we worship you the grace of Jesus in this room. The forgiveness of our sins. And how amazing. That is, because it meets us right where we were in our brokenness. And as we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us to be our help, to be our protector, to be attentive, to be our Savior. So, Jesus, we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name.